This sermon is titled Praying in Secret Part 2 Be enriched as you listen All right we've been talking about following Jesus in prayer following Jesus in prayer where we are looking at the life of our Lord Jesus and drawing some insights with the with the intent that we will put them into our own life so that our prayer our own personal prayer lives can be elevated we can take it up to new levels last sunday was the introductory message we talked about the prayer life of jesus it was an overview of his life of his prayer life we we gave some highlights these are key highlights of his prayer life and so if you in case you missed that message You're most welcome to go back to our church website. The sermon notes, sermon audio and video are available. And uh, today we're going to zero in on one aspect of the prayer life of Jesus, which is something we all want to imbibe. We're going to talk about praying in secret. Praying in secret. So when we look at the life of the Lord Jesus, we can see in the four gospels that the Lord Jesus spent a lot of time praying alone by himself in secret. He would go away to the mountains, to the wilderness, some place away from the crowds, and he would spend time praying to the Father. And we see this recorded on numerous times in the gospels. I'll just bring our attention to some of them today. But what we want to answer is why did he do that? Why did Jesus need to pray alone in secret? Why did he give such importance to praying to the Father in secret? What were the outcomes of that? That's what we want to highlight. And hopefully that will motivate us to do the same thing to go away and pray in secret so let's begin by just looking at some of the accounts of Jesus praying alone in secret mark records in mark chapter 1 and verse 35 mark says he rising up a great while before day he went into a solitary place and there he prayed i like that that inspired me as a teenager So I think from the I don't know way back when I was 14 or something like this verse inspired me. So I used to get up maybe at six o'clock, but I moved my alarm clock to 5:45, 5:30, four o'clock. You know, so that became my normal time. Wake up early in the morning. Why? Jesus woke up early. I'm not saying. everybody has to wake up early whatever your biological clock is you follow that but this inspired me to wake up early now i don't stay up late now some of you you sleep like 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> like but i don't stay up late i like to get up early i i just just inspired by this verse so jesus woke up early in the morning and then he went to a solitary place he went to a quiet place left everything behind go there and he prayed and then as his ministry began to expand and crowds of people you know started coming 
There's this occasion that you and I read about in the Gospels when he multiplied five loaves and two fish. He fed 5,000 people. And right after that, Matthew records in Matthew 14, verse 23, he says, And he sent the multitudes away. He sent the multitudes away. And he withdrew himself and prayed. And he didn't say, hey guys, that was wonderful. I hope you all enjoyed the meal. Uh, let me take your testimonies or come and tell me good things. No, no, no. Go away. I need to go pray. He withdrew himself and prayed. Mark also records that. Mark chapter 6, I think it is. Where Mark says that um, he sent them away and he departed to the mountain to pray. So his mountain, the mountain was a place that he could find solitude and he could be alone. So he sent the crowds away. He went to prayer. And obviously, as his ministry began to grow, the news of his ministry spread far and wide across many other districts. And you can imagine people were coming. So Luke records this in Luke chapter 5, 15 and 16. Multitudes were coming from far places. They were bringing their sick and they were bringing all their people to Jesus. And those who had needs, come to Jesus. He will take care of your needs. Come to Him. And so you can imagine people coming in. Must have been really busy. But what did Jesus do? Verse 16 is so powerful. It says, so He, let's read it. Verse 16. So He Himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Meaning, this was not a one-off thing. This was a recurring thing in his life. Often, time and time again, even though there were crowds of people coming to him and making demands on his ministry, time and time again, he would withdraw, withdraw himself, get away alone and pray. Which means Jesus gave a big importance to being alone with the Father. I mean, this was high priority for him. With an expanding ministry, crowds coming, he said, I've got to go pray. I've got to go alone. I've got to go be alone and pray. John records this interesting thing in John chapter 6, when right after he multiplied those loaves and fishes, you know, the people's response, and only John records this, John says that the, John 6, 15, the the, the people came to make him king. They said, hello, we'd love for you to be our king. What would you do if suddenly you became a Christian celebrity? I mean, overnight, everybody's like, hey, we want you. You know, some pastors become celebrities overnight, right? <laughs> they preach some sermon and overnight they have all these huge followers. They become a celebrity. A Christian celebrity. What would you do? And that's what happened. These people, they wanted to come and make Jesus king. What was his response? It says here in verse 15, When he knew that they were going to come and forcibly make him king, he departed. He withdrew to be alone with the Father. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to so protect this, Nothing is going to take me away from being in this secret place with the Father. Nothing. The crowds, the demands of ministry, the popularity, the fame, the celebrity status. None of this is going to take me away 
from being in the secret place. That's how important it was for Jesus. And Jesus taught us that. So he not only practiced it, he wanted us to do the same thing. And we all know this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. You know, just the beginning of the Gospels, Jesus said this. Let's read it out, Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So he says, when you pray, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to go in your room, close the door. Now the problem is these days we have our phones that come with us. So even though we close the door, the phone is here on the other side of the door. That's a big problem. We all face it. So you got to do something with the phone. Turn it off, put on flight mode or do something. But when you pray, you go into your room, close the door. Now, even though you close the door, there's somebody in there. Your father is in the secret place. Your father, your heavenly father, is in the secret place. So you've closed the door. You said, I'm disconnecting momentarily from the rest of the world. Everybody else, but in the secret place, my Father, my Heavenly Father, is in the secret place. What a great motivation for us, for all of us, to go into the secret place. Because in the secret place, your Heavenly Father is there. And then, another strong motivation. He says, you pray to your father there, you pray to your father, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. In other words, what happens outside, he will take care of if you and I will do the secret place parts. If you and I will intentionally go and be in the secret place, be alone with our Father, He's going to take care of all the business outside when we go, go out there. He will reward us openly. You know, way back in those early years when I started ministering, I, 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 I said, God, this is the way I want to build ministry. I'll be with you in the secret. You take care of what happens in public. And I used to say this, and I still say it. What happens in public is the result of what's happening in private. Or your ministry is an overflow of your personal life with God. It's all based on Matthew 6 and verse 6. That if you are there in the secret, God will take care of what happens in public. Are you with me? So Jesus 
convey that importance, the importance of the secret place to you and me. He says, I want you to practice the same thing. I want you to discipline yourself. I want you to go into the secret place. And in the secret place, you meet with the Father and let the Father see you in the secret place. He will take care of things that happen outside. When you go out there, He'll take care of it. Practice that. Because Jesus practiced that. Amen? Now, the Lord Jesus took this very seriously. You say, how do you know? Because if you skip way into Revelation chapter 2, now Jesus is in His ascended glorified place at the right hand of the Father. And He looks at one particular church, the church in Ephesus. In Revelation chapter 2, He commends them. He says, hey, Church, you're doing great. You, you know, you, I know your works. I know your patience. I know your endurance. Uh, I know that you've, you know, in every way, you're, you're doing good. But there's one problem. You have left your first love. That means you've gone out of the secret place. You've left your first love. And so his warning to them is so stern. He says, repent and do the first works. Otherwise, I'll come and take your place away out of the presence of God. That's very serious. In other words, in Matthew 6, he says, I want you to practice this. In Revelation 2, he's rebuking the church that was not practicing it, of not being in the secret place. They have left their first love. They got so busy with ministry, they've forgotten to be there in the secret place. So Jesus takes this very seriously. Are you with me? Yes or no? So learning to be in the secret place. So, so that brings us to the next question. Why did the Lord Jesus, or what happened when he spent time alone in prayer? Why did he do it? Why did he do it? Now, in Matthew's, the previous verse, sorry, the Bible tells us, your father will reward you. He will reward you. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That is Hebrews 11 verse 6. He's a rewarder. So keep that in mind. God will reward you when you spend your time in the secret place. So now go, go forward to that question. What happened when He spent time alone in prayer? What were some of the outcomes that we can see in the life of Jesus? And I want to just bring our attention to a few of these. And hopefully these will motivate you and me to do the same thing. Number one was intimacy with the Father. Intimacy with the Father. Now, I want you to think about this. The Bible says, and this is John chapter 1, verse 18, that Jesus was in the bosom of the Father. That word bosom, in being in the bosom of the Father, it simply means He was in the intimate presence of the Father. So think about this. For all eternity past, Jesus was in the very presence of the Father. God the Father, God the Eternal Word, God the Spirit were in such close union. Jesus said in John 17, 24 that there was love in the community of the Trinity. There was love. Father, you've loved me before the foundation of the world. John 17, 24. There was love. The Father loved. He was there. And the Father, the eternal Word, and the Spirit were one 
1 John 5 and verse 7. They were in agreement. They were, that means there was this closeness in the, in the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And now in time, the eternal Word shut down His powers of deity, omnipotence. And I was trying to imagine in my mind, how would we do this if we were doing a play, right? How would you show the shutting down of omnipotence? How would you show the shutting down? You know, I don't know, maybe shut up the lights or something, but you know, I was trying to imagine in my mind. How do you do this? How do you convey this? But in time, when this eternal word stepped in to our world, he shut down omnipotence. He shut down omniscience. He shut down omnipresence. And he, in one sense, was trapped in a human body. And he stepped in to a cesspool of sin and darkness. And he was walking. So try to imagine this. The one who was in the bosom of the Father now was living in a dark, sin-sick, sin-filled world, confined in a physical body. You're with me so far? And do you think he longed for what he had? That intimacy with the Father, being in the bosom of the Father? That communion, that love, and that union with the Father and the Spirit. Do you think he longed for it? I'm sure he did. How would he, in his humanity, having omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence shut, clothed in that human body, how would he taste that intimacy? Answer, by being in the secret place. Are you with me so far? That means being alone with the Father in prayer was that one way by which humanity could somehow come close to divinity and experience intimacy. With divinity. And that's why Jesus could say, even though he was walking in humanity, he could say, I and the Father are one. We're still one. Nothing has changed. I may be here. I may be walking in humanity. I may be walking in a dark world. I may be walking with sin all, all around me, but I and the Father, we're still one. Nothing's changed. So what I want to say is this, that being in the secret place is an opportunity for you and me to have intimacy, for humanity to have intimacy with deity, for man to be in this closed place of fellowship with God, for you and me to step into that bosom of the Father, that closeness with God. Amen? And John 1.18 also tells us that because he was in the bosom of the Father, he's the one who revealed the Father to us. Meaning, 
The, way, the, the extent that we can reveal God to people is the extent that He has revealed Himself to us. When we know Him, we can make Him known. So, why did He make being in secret with the Father so important? Because that was a place of intimacy with God. And that's an opportunity that awaits you and me. You can be close to God, intimate with God in the secret place. Number two. The other thing we observe in the life of Jesus is he received instruction from the Father. He received instruction. He was instructed by the Father. For example, he said things like this in John chapter 7. He said, or John 8, I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Or in John 8, 28, he says, I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me, I speak these things. So notice he says, I'm hearing from the father. The father is teaching me. That's what I'm speaking. He was being instructed by the father. So the obvious question is, where was this instruction taking place? The inference is in the secret place. That while he was there in the secret place with the father, he was hearing, he was being instructed by the father. So he knew what to do, he knew what to say. Do you and I need to learn from the Father? Do you and I need to be instructed about matters of everyday life? Of course. God, whom should I marry? God, what job? Where should I live? What profession? You know, all these things, all the questions that we have. We need instruction. We need to learn. We need to be taught by the Father. We need guidance from the Father. But where are you going to get it? How are you going to get it? Well, the same way Jesus did. In the secret place. You hear from Him. You be taught by Him. Then you and I know what to do and say. In the secret place. So Jesus put it like this when He was talking to His disciples in Matthew 10. He said, What I tell you in the dark... You speak in the light. What I whispered to you in the ear, you shouted from the housetop. So there's a contrast here. There's a contrast of something that is very quiet, secretive, intimate. I'm talking to you in the dark. I'm speaking to you in your ear. And that's what you go and do out in the public. That's what you go and proclaim. That's what you go out and do. Shout it from the rooftop. What do you shout from the rooftop? What you hear in your ear. What you hear in the secret place, in the dark, in that secret moment. And nobody else is watching. He's speaking to you. He's communicating to you. He's instructing you. He's teaching you. That's what you go out and do and preach and proclaim. 
Amen? So, why do we spend time in the sacred place? What do you and I need to do? Why do we need to do it? Because that's where the Father is going to teach us. That's where He's going to speak to us. All the important matters of life. He's going to talk to you there. Number three. Jesus knew what to do. He was... He received insight into the Father's works. Insight. This is what the Father is doing. And so, that's what I do. So many of us, you know, similar to the previous thought, what should I do? What should I be doing? What should I take as my career? What should I, you know, how do I handle this problem? What should I do in this given situation? What, is, what does God want me to do? Well, how would I know that? Jesus said in John 5, 19 and 20, He says, The Son can do nothing of Himself except what He sees the Father do. So I need to see what the Father is doing. Then I go do the same thing. Now where can I see the Father, what He's doing? What is He up to? Jesus said, My Father worketh like this and I also do the same thing. I'm just copying the Father. I'm seeing what He's doing and I'm doing the same thing. But where are you going to see what the Father is doing? Well, it's going to be in the secret place. That's where you're meeting with the Father. Your Father who is in the secret place. So you see, what is the Father doing? Then you come out and do the same thing. Are you with me? So being taught, being learn, learning from the Father, knowing what to do because you are you're seeing what the Father is doing and then you're going out and doing the same thing. And tied into that, the next point is the timing. The timing for His life. Number four, indication and God's timing for key moments of His life. When we follow Jesus in the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John, we read over and over again, Jesus knowing that his time had come. He went and did something. He knew the timing for the key moments of his life. And you and I, we understand how important timing is to be in the right place at the right time. Timing for key moments of our lives. Maybe the launch of something new, the launch of your business, or the launch of a new product idea, whatever. The, the, the timing for so many things that you and I have to deal with. How do we know the right time? Well, there's one who knows the right time. In fact, he has the times and seasons. But how are we going to understand timing? Well, in the secret place with the Father. He's going to let you know. In John chapter 2, we read, Jesus was at a wedding. Mary comes and tells him, Hey, they run out of wine. I mean, she, didn't, she may not have spoken like that. But she, she said, They run out of wine. And she says, What do I have to do with it? My time has not yet come. And shortly after that, he turns around and says, Fill the water pots with water. So, what happened in between? We can only speculate, but. This could be right. Somewhere in between, the father said, now is the time. So he just said, my time hasn't come yet. 
A few minutes later, he turns around and says, Okay, fill the water pots with water. He knew exactly. He was walking in time with God. The launch of his ministry happened at the exact moment the Father wanted it to happen. And the Bible says, This beginning of miracles Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. He knew when to go into Jerusalem. People, there was a threat on his life. So he was intentionally staying out of Jerusalem. His family was going into Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. They were going in there to celebrate. Initially he said, I'm not going. John 7 verse 1. Because my time's not come. And later on in the same chapter, he does go into Jerusalem. He knew the timing, when to go inside. And eventually as we follow Jesus, we see he knew the time had come for him to go to the cross. So he begins to prepare his disciples. I'm going to go. I'm going to die. I'm going to be glorified. He knew the timing. And timing is important for you and me. Amen? And we get that in the secret place. Just two more. Number five. Jesus was imbued with strength to do the Father's will. We know this, that as we wait upon the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. See, obviously, waiting upon the Lord in the secret place was the source of His strength. From time and time again, going back there, keeping himself renewed in strength to do the work God wanted him to do. And then when it comes to the ultimate challenge of his life, when he had to go to the cross, what did Jesus do to muster all the strength to go to the cross? Two bottles of Gatorade? No. What did he do? He goes to pray. See, for the ultimate challenge, he needed the strength. Go and pray. And he took his disciples. Let's pray. Let's pray. This is the hour of trial. This is a very difficult moment. What must I do? I must pray. What do you and I do when we need strength to face a challenge in life, something that's come up? Where do we go for strength? We can get a few people together or you can pray alone. But you go to that secret place because you know that as you wait upon the Lord, you will be renewed in strength to overcome, to face, to press through. Amen? The last point, number six. Worship team, please come. Is why did Jesus... Spend time in that secret place. Why did he spend time alone in secret prayer? Number six is to set an inspiration, an example to his disciples. His disciples then and his disciples today, you and me. He set an example. If the Lord, and I mentioned this last Sunday, if the Lord needed to do this. How much more you and I need to do this? 
if the Lord would withdraw himself. As busy, as crowded as his schedule would, would have been. With people coming in. If he had to do this. To go be alone in the secret place. How much more should you and I do this? He set an example for his disciples. You know, when his disciples saw him pray, say, they come to the Lord, teach us to pray. We want to pray like this. Teach us to pray. We want to be able to do what you're doing. And the Lord Jesus also said this. He said, the disciple is not greater than the master. Let's all say that together. The disciple is not greater than the master. That means if the master had to do this, hey, you also have to do it. No shortcut for the disciples. If the master had to go and be in the secret place, every disciple of his has to do it. The disciple is not greater than the master. In other words, the disciple cannot get to where the master is without doing what the master did. It is sufficient for the disciple that he be like his master. But in order for the disciple to become like his master, he's got to do what the master did. The disciple is not greater than the master. Are you with me? If he did it, we've got to do it. So, what we've seen is Six outcomes or six motivations on why Jesus would have spent time alone in prayer, why he gave so much importance to it, and we could, these could motivate you and me as well. Number one, I'll repeat this. There was intimacy with the Father. There was instruction from the Father. There was insight into the Father's works. There was an indication of God's timing for the key moments of his life. He was imbued with strength to do the Father's will. And his life became an inspiration to his disciples. So I want to challenge you and me. Pray like Jesus. Tell your neighbor, pray like Jesus. Pray like Jesus. Follow his example. Follow Jesus in prayer. There are simple ways you and I can practice this. One, try to do it every day. Keep some Keep a little time just for you to be alone with the Father. Now, how much time? That depends on you. If you can do half an hour, that's great. If you can do 30 minutes every day, maybe in the morning, in the afternoon, or evening, whatever is good for you. Say, this 30 minutes, I'm going to be with my Father in the secret place. I'm going to talk to Him and I'm going to listen to Him. Try to make it part of your everyday life. Now, I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm not saying that if you miss one day, God will fall off his throne and you know, something will happen. No, no, nothing like that. Relax. We all will miss. There are days I haven't prayed. So, yeah, I must have been traveling, doing something, busy, whatever. Yeah. But that doesn't change anything other than I make sure I go back to pray. So I'm not talking about legalism. I'm saying this is a great opportunity. This is something we can all practice. It's a discipline we can put in our lives. That time in the secret place 
with the Father. And then a second thing I'd encourage all of us to do is to try to take time every now and then for extended time. That means you carve out extended time from your schedule at your convenience. You may do it once a week. You may do it once in two weeks. You may do it once a month, whatever works for you. Where you say, Lord, not just half an hour, but maybe two hours, maybe three hours, I'm going to be with you. Maybe four hours, whatever works for you. I'm going to spend this extended time just being in the secret place, praying. You know, the Bible says Jesus spent the whole night in prayer. That's pretty long. Maybe at least six hours, maybe eight hours, I don't know. He spent the whole night in prayer. So I want to encourage you and me. Periodically, time to time, try to spend extended time in prayer. Now obviously the question is, hey, what do I do with so much time in prayer? I fall asleep, you know. <laughs> no. Uh, we've got two ways to do this. One, you pray in tongues. Pray a lot in tongues. So when you pray in tongues, you can spend a long time praying in tongues. God has given us this mechanism. So you pray in tongues. You can spend half an hour, one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. And you can just keep praying in tongues. So that's one way. God's given to us, all of us as believers, something we can step into. But there's another way where Jesus, in response to that question, Lord, teach us to pray, He gave them the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to do this next Sunday. The Lord's Prayer is an outline. It's not a prayer to be recited. Because if you just recite the Lord's Prayer, you're done in five minutes or under five minutes. <laughs> it's over. But now, how do you pray extended time using the Lord's Prayer? We'll talk about it next Sunday. So you, the Lord's Prayer becomes a model, an outline. And you can use that outline, spend extended time, an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever, using the Lord's Prayer, just to pray. So we talk about it next Sunday. But I want to encourage you and me, follow Jesus in prayer. Have your regular time to be alone with the Father in the secret place, but also have extended time. Now, usually for me now in this season, as, a, as in being in a pastoral role, I try to keep my Fridays as my time of prayer. So I try not to, I try, I say I try, because sometimes <laughs> things happen. But I don't go to the office on Fridays. I just stay home and I pray. That's my goal. My goal is as much time as I can spend in prayer, I'm going to pray. I know I have to respond to some emergencies that might come, so I can't avoid that. But sometimes I'm able to pray four hours, six hours, eight hours. So I do that. So that's my Fridays. You can do something like that. Maybe pick a day in a week or pick a day in two weeks or whatever period whatever frequency you want, but you say, I'm going to spend extended time with the Father. Can you do that? When you need to make important decisions, 
Don't flip a coin. Heads means this, tails means this. What is this? No. Don't let a coin decide important decisions. Go and pray. Say, God, I want to hear from you. I want to be instructed by you. Make use of that secret place. You meet with the Father in secrets. And your Father who sees you in secrets will reward you openly. He'll take care of it. He'll handle it. Amen? Let's rise to our feet, please. We're going to worship God, just sing, and then I'm going to come back to pray and expect God to heal, to deliver, to minister miracles. So just open your heart as we sing this song and, and just say, God, I want you to work miracles in my life. And as we pray, let the Lord fulfill His word. The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me, moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear is silencing my every fear, silencing my every fear. I believe in you, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Yes, you are Jesus. I believe in you, I believe in you. You're the God of The one who does impossible is reaching out to make me whole, is reaching out to make me whole. The one who put death in its place, his life is flowing through my veins, his life is flowing through my veins. Sicknesses disappears, sorrows are replaced by the joy of the Lord, because my strength is in the joy of the Lord. Let your name come, Lord. The power attached to your name, let it be known to us right now. The God who was and is to come. The 
Father, even now, I just pray that the power of your Holy Spirit, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit just flow in this place. And by the anointing of God, and in the mighty name of Jesus, let sicknesses, diseases be healed. Let bodies and minds be healed and made whole. By the anointing of God, let every yoke of the enemy be broken. And let every burden of the enemy be removed off of people's lives. In the name of Jesus. In this place. And even for those watching online, wherever you are, 
Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit touch you and minister to you right where you are. It's the anointing that heals you. It's the anointing that destroys every yoke and every burden. So receive healing. Receive deliverance. Satan, I come against you in the name of Jesus. I come against every foul spirit of darkness, every unclean spirit. I take authority over you. I command you to leave in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command every bondage, every addiction of the enemy to be broken in the name of Jesus. Every tormenting, oppressing spirit, I expel you. I command you to release the minds of people, fear and anxiety, panic attacks. You will no longer rest in their minds in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every demonic work that causes poverty and lack and insufficiency that hinders the flow of finances and wealth. I take authority over you, devil. I command you out in the name of Jesus. I declare the blessing of God. Provision of God because our God supplies for all of our need according to His riches and glory through Jesus Christ. Let there be abundance. Let there be the provision of God. And Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let there be miracles of promotions being released. Let there be miracles of open doors and opportunities being released for your people. Let there be miracles of increase, of growth, of expansion being released in the lives of your people. Let barrenness be turned to fruitfulness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus, in Jesus' name. Before we close, we always like to give an opportunity for people to receive Jesus into their lives. Jesus made this statement. He said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Unless somebody is born again, he cannot enter God's kingdom. So what does it mean to be born again? How can a man be born twice when he's old? That was the same question Nicodemus asked. How can, he, how can that happen? And then Jesus said, look, there's a difference between physical birth and spiritual birth. What is born of the flesh is flesh. Natural birth is natural birth. What is born of the spirit is spirit. You have to have a spiritual birth. And what is this spiritual birth? It is God giving you life from heaven. That is spiritual birth. That's being born again. God gives you His life into your spirit. How can you receive it? He who receives Jesus, he who has the Son, has life. When you receive Jesus, He gives you this eternal life, this life from above. So it's as simple as 
turning to Jesus and saying, Jesus, come into my life. I want to be born again. I want to have this life from above. So if you're not sure if you're born again, if you've never received life from above, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and give you this eternal life, we want to lead you in a very simple prayer. And this moment, in an instant, by you believing in Jesus Christ and asking Him to come into your life, you can be born again. You can receive life from above. So if you've never done this, just please join with me. Pray this prayer out of your own heart, out of your own free will. So that you can be born again. You can receive life from above, from God. If you've never done this before, and you'd like to do this this morning before we close, please pray this prayer with me. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. Give me this life from above. Make me a new person and help me follow you and you alone the rest of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you pray this prayer with me for the very first time in your life, we want to celebrate with you. So if you don't mind, you raise your hand. You pray this prayer with me right now for the very first time in your life. Anybody here? Just raise your hand. You pray this prayer with me for the very first time. Anybody here? Just wave your hand. Anyone here? I don't see anybody. Is anyone here? There's one at the back. God bless you. God bless you. Sometimes I can't see the people at the back. Anyone else? You pray this with me for the very first time. Very first time. God bless you. God bless you. So our, our greeters will give you this bag. We call it the New Believers Bag. There's a card that says Decision Card. Please write your name and number, hand it back to them, and somebody from the church office will call you and show you how to use the resources in your back. We're going to close. We're going to dismiss. Next Sunday, we continue this series on following Jesus in prayer. How many of you are following Jesus in prayer? Some of you are not sure. <laughs> Let me ask again. How many of you are following Jesus in prayer? <laughs> Good. God bless you. Let's follow Jesus in prayer. Amen? And let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.